Hello, and thank you for downloading Channel Massive's Not So Massive minicast for March 26, 2009. I am Jason, the resident drunken idiot of Channel Massive, and today I'm going to talk about idiots behind the wheel, genres that don't get much video game attention, monopolies, and more. So let's get on with it. Boy, the snow is really coming down here in Denver today. Uh, they're thinking it's going to be 8 to 16 inches of snow when this is all said and done with. Uh, hope I'm able to make it to the podcast tonight, actually, because, man, this is man, it's just coming down good. Anyway, this morning, you know, I knew this was going to happen, so this morning I figured, okay, I'm going to go to the store and pick up a few essentials. Um, and on my way there... I get cut off by not one, but two Coors Light trucks. And one of the guys had the nerve to honk at me like it was my fucking fault, which was absolute bullshit. So I was fucking pissed. I went to the store, bought my shit, got out of there, figured while I was around there, there's a liquor store close by to it, so I'll go get get some beer while I'm there. Well, as I pull up to the liquor store, I noticed that those two same trucks had to have been were hanging right there at the liquor store. So I took advantage of that 1-800 number that they put on their trucks, the ones that says, how's my driving? Well, I took down their license plate numbers and their car numbers, and I called that fucking number up, and I left a really nasty message for them. I mean, I don't even drink their piss beer to begin with, so I'll never buy their crap anymore as it is, but man, I mean, come on. Just really pissed me off. Sorry about that little rant there, but I just had to get get that off my chest. Take a deep drink, take a deep drink The money goes into my piggy bank Take a deep drink, take a deep drink The money goes into my piggy bank I get at you, my knife cuts your skin I get at you, blow shots at your man I found a great blog post today on monopolies in World of Warcraft from the greedy goblin Gevlon Um... I tried to start a monopoly on leather goods back in the day, um, just like the the hides. <laughs> when I first started playing World of Warcraft, and it failed miserably. Like I bought up every single piece of leather I could find on the auction house, and then I dumped it back on at a at a set price, and it was just an absolute horrible failure. And I couldn't figure out why, why, oh, why was this happening to me? I lost a ton of money because of it. Well, this post kind of sums it up pretty, pretty clearly for me. And um, it's a great lesson, I think, for anybody else out there who's who was looking into doing such a thing. Uh, it, starts, uh, it starts and it says, Such posts come up now and then, and they teach the great idea for getting rich. Select an item, buy up all of them below 120% of the market price, and relist them all for your new price. Everyone will be forced to buy from you, so you'll be rich. Watch your item. If anyone lists below your price, buy that up and relist it. And his first rule of thumb is, never follow this trick. Ignore everyone who claims to get rich by this. You'll lose thousands if you try it. He says the reason is 
The reason for the in inevitable failure of monopoly attempts is simple. Let's assume that the market was in equilibrium. The price was in the intersection of demand and supply curves. You increase it with a significant amount. The production increases. The demand decreases, and you must suck the difference up. And then he goes on to list some examples of uh, of why why certain monopolies fail like that. There are certain instances he mentions where uh, a monopoly can work, and it's not necessarily because of the trick, but because of other external factors on the that you know might might or may not may or may not exist on the server that you're playing on. Uh, one he lists is being the only producer. If you are the only one on the server who happens to have a particular recipe, you can set a high price because no one else can undercut you. Um, another factor is that the market is about to shift, uh, usually because of a patch. Uh, this case, the monopolist price is actually the new market price, and the very same steps are not monopoly attempts, but investing. And his final uh, exception to this is that there happens to be a market of fools on the server that you're playing on. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I admit it, I've tried it before and, and failed epically at it, and I think anybody who's kind of interested in, in reading some of Gevlon's thoughts will get a lot out of this post, so I'll, I'll make it available to everybody who wants to see it on our website. <laughs> Well, I was reading through Game Informer magazine today, and I came across a couple previews for uh, games set in the Western genre, which I found quite interesting, because you really don't see a lot of Western games out there. Uh, one's called Call of Juarez. <coughs> Juarez. <laughs> I, sound like a, I sound like a white boy saying that. Call of Juarez. And, and I'd like to go to Taco Bell and order a burrito and an enchirito. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Anyway, one's called Call of Juarez, Bound in Blood. Uh, Ubisoft and developer Techland are producing that one. Uh, that one happens to be a uh, western that's set around the time of the Civil War. Sounds kind of cool. Uh, there's also a game coming out from Rockstar, which I kind of found interesting, called Ren Red Dead Redemption. Uh, this... Uh, is going to be powered by the GTA 4 engine, apparently. So that looks really cool to me, too. The, the graphics look absolutely amazing on it, uh, with sunsets and the cowboy on his horse and everything, little old shanty towns. Ah, I love that kind of stuff. I kind of wish more games would uh, give that particular genre a try. I don't understand why. It's such, a, it's such an interesting time period. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I've been kind of wondering myself whether such a particular uh, genre would work in an MMO setting. Uh, you know, right now we've got, you know, it's a glut full of fantasy MMOs. There's some sci-fi, not a lot. Uh, but now we're, getting, we're starting to get some, some more different uh, ideas out there, like Fallen Earth is doing the post-apocalyptic uh, thing, and that looks pretty cool. Um, you've got uh, Gatherin, or World of Gatherin, I think it's called, which is 
like a steampunkish type MMO, but I'm having a hard time even classifying that as an MMO in, as opposed to just a a big social network surrounded by a bunch of mini games. But you know, I'm not sure. I I haven't seen it, but everything I've read suggests that that's kind of just what it is. Uh, so why haven't why haven't people looked into the Western? as a possibility for an MMO setting. I mean, it just seems like kind of an obvious choice to me. I mean, you have all these killer movies, you know, to, to draw references from, like, uh, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly, uh, Hang em High. I mean, there's just hundreds, hundreds of movies out there that you could reference for source material. Uh, it just seems like such an obvious choice to me, but maybe it's not. Maybe, maybe the game would epically fail and uh, no one would be interested in playing them. I guess maybe that's why I'm not a game developer or producer, because I, I don't have any good ideas. But I'd love to see a Western. I'd love to see somebody try to, try to pull a Western into an MMO and pull it off really good. Well, everybody knows that the big news as of late has been the whole on-live thing. Um, I mentioned it a couple of days ago in, in one of the mini-casts, and, and it's been going, making its rounds around the blogosphere and all the news sites as well. Uh, well, from all this buzz, a competitor has, has arisen. Uh, Dave Perry, who's the chief creative officer for Acclaim, and uh, an active game entrepreneur. <laughs> I love how this article reads. Uh, he says he has a new company called Gaikai. Gaikai! I have no idea what that means. Uh, apparently they do the same thing as on live, but without some of its drawbacks. I was going to reveal it at the E3 trade show, but the on live news has forced my hand, said Perry. Um, according to this news... This project is not associated with the claim. Um, one of the differences, according to this article, is that Perry says while OnLive solution requires a small megabyte-sized download, his company can do it without any downloads to a client machine. He said he can get it working on any machine without a, with with a broadband connection. I don't know. This is one of those. Uh, you know, hey. It's GDC, and basically people can say what they want. But in this case, I don't know. It seems to be one of these funny things where, you know, one of these comp one of the, you know, one com one game company comes out and they make an announcement, and then another company says, oh, 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 yeah, we're we're gonna do something similar. We're gonna do something similar. Pay attention to us. And I don't know. That's pretty much it in my mind. <laughs> anyway. Uh, thanks for downloading today's podcast. It is getting really bad outside. I'm, I'm hoping we're able to record uh, episode 84 tonight. If not, uh, I'll probably have a couple more mini-casts coming your way. But, man, it is looking brutal outside. I'm going to go get me some uh, hot chocolate and kind of settle down with a little gaming. Anyway, thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you later.